is the main event. What you gonna do? If you're so mad, best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. Woo! Yeah! Ooh, yeah. I am the game. Costoco said so. Oh my god! What I'd like to have right now. Rest in peace, Waterrush. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. Are you ready? Everyone has a price. Yeah, I come here to fight. Sandy innovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Introducing your old school pro wrestling nostalgia podcast, Beyond the Bell. Welcome back, old school fans. It's that time, once again, to relive the history of professional wrestling as we go beyond the bell here on the SNS Radio Network. Host Sean Beckerman back with you to bring you all things retro in wrestling. I am excited to bring part two of our two-part series of the history of professional wrestling video gaming in celebration of the release of WWE 2K15 we here at BTB decided to go back to look and review and archive the history of video gaming in sports entertainment history first off I would like to apologize for the delaying content I've been sick over the past couple of weeks, actually had to go through strep throat, lost my voice, and could barely speak. And if you can't speak, it's kind of hard to do a podcast. And also, I'm not 100% on top of it, so I would like to first off apologize if my voice is not up to snuff for this week. But I wanted to get this edition out as December. We have some great content for you as we, of course, every year go over the best promos of the year and this year is no different as the end of this month will be the release of the 2014 edition of the best promos of the year we've had a lot happen a lot bad don't get me wrong but i started to archive my recordings my marks of the best promos of the year and we have a few to play so i'm not sure if it's going to be a two-part edition or just a jam-packed, extended Beyond the Bell edition for the end of the year. That will be coming up. Also, we will wrap up the ECW 101 series. Wrapping up in terms of archive content in historical manner. As we archive the year 2000 in ECW 101 history. And I've wanted to do this show for the past couple of years. And I thought the end of the year is a perfect time for it as December or in the early stages of this event, it was Thanksgiving time. But the end of the year has been the tradition for the WCW NWA extravaganza, their granddaddy of them all, Starcade. So this year, I would like to archive the history of Starcade on Beyond the Bell. So with all this content coming up, I wanted to get this show out to you fans. So tonight, part two of the history of video gaming, we will archive where we left off and start off with the end of the Attitude Era in gaming as the WWE and THQ partnered up to just an explosive period in video gaming as the release of WCW NW World Tour and WCW NW Revenge were hot items for the N64, revolutionizing the in-ring gameplay 
for professional wrestling video games. And with WWE or WWF at the time partnering with THQ to release their versions of those hit series, WrestleMania 2000 and WWF No Mercy, it produced a new pattern, a new generation of gaming for us gamers out there and professional wrestling fans. So we cover the beginning of this era all the way through to today to now the WWE 2K series is up and running. I don't think tonight I will go over my reviews of WWE 2K15 as I want to release a special edition that may be split off into a spinoff podcast series. Yes, a podcast spinoff fans as I want to cover video gaming and action figures in a separate edition. So tonight we cover the history of video gaming part two on Beyond the Bell. So right after this quick break, we'll start off with the end of the Attitude Era and video gaming in sports entertainment. We'll be right back, fans. Get ready for video gaming and the history of professional wrestling on entertainment consoles. Right after this quick timeout. Hey, guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Are you looking for the latest wrestling news? Well, then you should check out www.wrestling-online.com. Sign up for the newsletter. It's been around for 16 years. It's one of the longest-running newsletters on the Internet today. It comes right to your inbox three to four times a week, depending on how busy the news week is. Want that access on your phone? They also have mobile apps for your iOS, Apple, and BlackBerry. The archives of all the unplugged shows as well as columns. You can also follow WrestlingOnline.com on Twitter, at WrestlingOnline. Or check them out on Facebook, www.facebook slash WrestlingOnline. It's that simple. Wrestling-Online.com is the official news source of the SNS radio network. And perhaps you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.wrestling-online.com. Uh, you knew me as Sugar Shane. You may have known me as the Hurricane, but this is the Shane event, Shane Helms, and you're listening on the SNS Network. By 1999, bitter competition between Vince McMahon's WWF and Eric Bischoff's run, WCW was paying off big for professional wrestling fans. Each promotion had the, the drive and strove to top the other on an almost nightly basis. That carried over onto the gaming front with competing games. Now, WCWNWO Thunder and WWF Attitude, both of which bit pretty hard on gaming consoles. Thunder boosted its roster to insane levels and let players pick the stable they wanted to rumble for, including the very popular Four Horsemen, but subtracted good controls at the same time. Some players even used the junky moveset emulate fairly accurate swing dance routines between Randy Savage and arch nemesis Hollywood Hogan. Attitude, the first wrestling game ported to the Dreamcast, set a high bar for wrestler customization and set another one far, far lower for gameplay at the same time. The real action was happening behind the scenes. Publisher Acclaim Entertainment's decades-old WWF license, stretching back all the way to WWF WrestleMania, ended in the finest pro wrestling tradition with an unexpected double cross. The WWF left Acclaim and defected to THQ, the house behind every hit WCW game. Unwilling to share with their rivals, 
the WCW moved its brand over to EA Electronic Arts. Left out in the cold, Acclaim picked up the license for Extreme Championship Wrestling, ECW. We cover this in our ECW 101 series. This fit Acclaim as ECW frequently cross-promoted with both WWF and WCW at one point or another. Unfortunately, after losing its last television deal, the ECW brand declared bankruptcy in 2001 while still owing Acclaim money. Or what we really found out was Acclaim owed ECW money, which was tied to pay-per-view buys. Three years later, after only two ECW games, Hardcore Revolution, and Anarchy Rules, a nicely nostalgic Legends of Wrestling franchise, and increasingly shady business practices, Acclaim folded as well. Hardcore Revolution and Anarchy Rules were versions of the WWF Attitude Game, with ECW wrestlers put in. Barbed wire matches, casket matches thrown in there, flaming tables. Acclaim tried to transition their Attitude Game with just now EC ECW superstars, or extremists as they call them. It was clunky and not as popular and revolutionary as the WWF series. The Legends of Wrestling franchise tried to reinvigorate the wrestling gaming franchise for Acclaim, but was not was not successful. Tried to piggyback off of the independently owned Hulk Hogan without signing to the WWF once WCW closed, it still did not garner buys. EA and THQ, however, kept the rivalry going pretty strong. By late 1999, WCW Mayhem was out and generally underwhelming players, falling somewhere in the middle of the pack, where AKIs, some called Aki's WWF WrestleMania 2000, soon arrived to keep it company. The Rock can't believe this little Rudy Puccioni has stolen all the Rock's signature moves. He walks like the Rock. He talks like the Rock. He's got the Rock bottom, the people's elbow, the people's eyebrow. That's gimmick infringement. That ain't right. He's even got the millions and the millions of the Rock fans playing this video game. The Rock, know you're rolling. Shut your mouth. Over 50 WWF superstars, all their signature moves and taunts. The Rock is going to take that little green bag, all those little video games, and stick them straight up your candy ass. That update allowed a career progression through the various shows. Raw, SmackDown, and Sunday Night Heat on the way to your own pay-per-view event and a title match. But few cared to spend hours learning over complicated button combos necessary for pulling off basic moves. Its great claim to fame was updating the roster once again to include favorites like X-Pac and China, as well as WWF's greatest and most villainous trio, Stephanie Shade and Vince McMahon. Two years of lackluster titles and a fast-approaching console war didn't bode well. Worse, THQ's next effort was an exclusive for the dying PlayStation built on the engine for Activision's Power Move Pro Wrestling, a four-year-old snoozer. THQ had yet to prove they knew how to handle the WWF. You know, ever since college, me and my brother Devon have had a real problem showing mercy. Back then, we showed no mercy in the classroom. And now, the Dudley Boys show no mercy in the ring. So when THQ asked us to be the No Mercy spokesman, we naturally agreed. <laughs> Wage war in all new backstage areas, perform vicious double team moves, and show no mercy in the high-flying ladder match. WWF No Mercy for Nintendo 64. It doesn't get any better than this. Rated T. Expectations were not high. SmackDown's graphics were better than the PlayStation deserved and allowed four-year-old Japanese developer Hughes Media Creations to do something entirely new for wrestling games sell the moves. Wrestlers reacted to the pain, begged for mercy, and pounded the canvas when resisting a brutal submission. Facial expressions and mannerisms were dead on, from stone-cold salute to the people's eyebrow, Titantron footage-backed entrances, all included in this game. At this time, though, Ukes made sure the game was actually fun to play. Shine this up real nice, Jabroni. And I know just where to stick it, Rod. What's your name? It doesn't matter what my name is. The 
Rock smells what you're cooking. Pancakes, Brock! Pancakes! Lay the smackdown in the kitchen, the loading dock, even the boiler room. Plus storylines and special guest referees. Everything inside the ring and almost anything out. WWF Smackdown. Lay it down, jabroni. Finally, The Rock has come back to PlayStation. Shopping complex button schemes in favor of simple and effective arcade-style system. Gamers became addicted. The big roster, the cage, and Royal Rumble modes, the career mode, were all standard issue. But then Ukes brought hardcore backstage throwdowns over from WSW Mayhem and beefed them up well past Mayhem's anemic rooms. SmackDown's out-of-the-ring slugfest smashed all the way into the parking lot where wrestlers smashed each other into cars. Special referee matches let players play favorites with the calls and counts. I love this feature myself. And I quit matches brought the humiliation. Few other games in the in any genre let you beat someone with a hospital gurney until they honestly needed one. The one noticeably absent was a total lack of voice work and smack talk between superstars. Regardless of the minor problems, the drought was over. SmackDown delivered big time. EA's answer was to repeat and compound the mistakes of In Your House and the, with WCW Backstage Assault. This was a wrestling game that took place entirely in the backstage areas. To me, this was a disappointment. I was looking forward to the next stage of WCW Gaming, but this was all backstage Mortal Kombat-esque type of gaming pitiful it did so poorly an easy port to the playstation 2 was even canceled for this one adding insult to ea's injury thq and ak closed out 2000 and the fifth generation consoles with same again smackdown 2 then refined with the smackdown gameplay and options to produce one of the best wrestling games ever made WWF No Mercy, a game that took everything WrestleMania 2000 did well, then did it even better. Walk-ins with entrance music finally showed up, minus crowd cheers, leading players to, among other things, a ladder match mode that still is still to this day fondly remembered by those who jumped into the wrestling ring. A revolution was born with WWF No Mercy. The crowd passed out weaponry from the ringside bell to ringside steps. It was good to go for a fast beatdown on superstars, reversals, knockouts, turnbuckle fun, submission tactics all got a bump from the previous versions. Animations for everything were impressively smooth as well. It was tough to get an advantage in any match, and oh, so satisfying when you finally did. They even threw in the best creator wrestler feature to date to seal their hold on the new benchmark of wrestling video games. An N64 sequel to No Mercy, WWF Backlash, was in early development when the N64's life cycle ended. The GameCube, PlayStation 2, and newcomer Xbox were on the horizon, and even bigger hardware meant even bigger games. They soon got a bigger stable to use as a series of corporate mergers, which made it easy for Vince McMahon to move in and buy out WCW. Soon after, he folded in what remained of the ECW brand. In just a few short months in 2001, the WWF had more than doubled its size and became professional wrestling's number one organization completely in America, and the single largest promotion in the world. For better or worse, the competition was over. The big question now was where the licenses would go, and what kind of games would result. The numbers alone settled in. It put to bed any questions. Despite missteps, THQ made great games that sold well. Ah! Your Olympic hero has arrived. It's true, it's true. Hey, think die, kid. You people have to be honored to have a man of intensity, integrity, and intelligence among you. Yes, I'd like a room, please. Sorry, no vacancy. Oh, that's okay. I'll take theirs. 
Ah, here come my fans. Prepare to lay the SmackDown in the all-new Hell in a Cell or in a high-flying ladder match. WWF SmackDown 2. Know your role for the PlayStation game console. You think you got what it takes, Jabroni? I love this place. Maybe T for team. EA's few tunnel shots were still terrible and underperforming. While the WWE sorted out its expanded telepool through the Invasion storyline, the gaming industry now had half the publishers and developers working to translate all those superstars to 6th gen consoles. The days of fast turnarounds and multiple releases every year were over. So it seemed, were the innovations that constant competition brought were over as well. The third SmackDown, Yuke's Just Bring It for the PS2, came out a year after its predecessor, too soon after the mergers to add any of the WCW and ECW superstars to the roster, and it delivered a weak experience to boot. You think you can mess with Brock Lesnar? I don't think so. Go ahead and run. I will find you. F5, SmackDown, shut your mouth. Smackdown, shut your mouth, rated team. Yuke's GameCube entry, in which was disappointing to me, WrestleMania X8, WrestleMania 18, also failed to splash with the fans. I guess the most notable thing from WrestleMania X8 was the quick response with theme music being played after a victory. This is one of the things that triggered in my mind. Once a superstar won, their music played rather quickly after the three count to me and made it more realistic as you're watching pro wrestling television or Vince McMahon ask sports entertainment television previous games there'd be lag you know and some loading time between the victory and the music this seemed to eliminate that for the time being and it made it for more entertaining and realistic gameplay rated T for teen this is the culmination of everything I've ever worked for. This is my chance to live forever. 55,000 people are about to scream my name. WrestleMania, it's fever, man. WrestleMania 19, the video game. This is where superstars become legends. Another disappointment was the lack of authentic theme music. Booker T's theme was not copyrighted by the WWE, and therefore they used a generic theme for the Booker Man, as well as the NWO. Used a WWE version, quote-unquote, Rockhouse theme instead of the original NWO WCW theme. Those two were disappointments. THQ turned development for an Xbox launch brawler over to Anchor Incorporated, a developer with only a few mixed martial arts games to its name. Anchor missed the launch deadline, putting WWE Raw on the shelves by early 2002 and showcasing some of the worst graphics and character animations on the fledgling system. Across the board, nobody had come close to actually using the bigger hardware or taking full advantage of the cross-promotion cross talent. Fortunately, they all got it right for the sequels. When the WWF switched to WWE, the first Raw game was quickly repackaged as WWE Raw and WWE Raw 2, arriving in September 2003 with WCW superstar Goldberg on the cover as he was now with the promotion. While it wasn't the perfect game, Anchor improved on the very first Raw in every conceivable way, and the combined WWF, WCW, and ECW rosters had fully integrated finally. Once fantasy matches were called up with ease, Steve Austin vs. Hulk Hogan, Booker T vs. Chris Jericho, tag team matches with Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, Ric Flair, Kurt Angle, Goldberg, and The Rock all were included. The possibilities were amazing and carried over to Uke's WWE WrestleMania 19 for the GameCube and SmackDown Here Comes the Pain for PS2, a classic for gamers. When you're Brock Lesnar, you gotta watch your back. Chris Benoit tried to take me out in the Elimination Chamber. You're nothing, Lesnar. 
And that punk John, John Cena, Cena. I run this terrain. Here comes the pain. Came after me backstage. But no matter what they do, no matter how hard they try, there is nothing and no one that can stop me. You and me, Braun Panis match right now. I win. No, Brock, we all win. Smackdown, here comes the pain. While 19 wasn't anything special, though far short of a disaster despite an all-backstage story mode, the new Smackdown was revered as the best of its series. Still, to this very day, gamers play this one. Damage was tracked by location, so players could target specific areas to really destroy an opponent. Spirit meters were replaced by individual stats, and stamina was tracked for both wrestlers during submission holds. It played fast and tight. It brought the WWE Legends rosters into the series, and it added new match types, notably First Blood and the always classy <laughs> bra and panties fights. All three hit within a month of each other, and each was a success in its own right. Going forward, however, THQ let both Anchor and the WrestleMania brand go. The only attention given to the Xbox was one final WrestleMania title, Studio Gigante's disastrous WrestleMania 21. This initially shipped as an unfinished beta loaded with bugs, glitches, and absent features. The completed game wasn't so great either. Studio Gigante, founded by the creators of Mortal Kombat, vanished soon after. Ukes was now THQ's sole wrestling developer, producing Day of Reckoning titles for the GameCube and SmackDown for the PlayStation 2. Both Reckoning games were sturdy and fun, but generally unappreciated on the generally unappreciated GameCube. When Nintendo moved off the GameCube, they left off the Reckoning series behind as well. After Shut Your Mouth, a minor roster update to Here Comes the Pain, THQ rolled the SmackDown brand together with Raws in 2005 for the enduring WWF SmackDown vs. Raw series. The first SmackDown vs. Raw only offered small improvements on previous SmackDowns, but fluid animation and depth of gameplay sometimes made you forget there were only a set number of spots to execute. It simply looked that good. The best sell to date, bar none. It also added an online match feature, fairly thin compared to others, but still a first for any wrestling game. THQ made the franchise official one year later with SmackDown vs. Raw 2006, taking a page out of Madden's NFL's yearly update playbook. Being a previous owner of video games or video game fan, you were unsure of the schedule of games that would come out, as it wouldn't be as commonplace or as regular in terms of annual or semi-annual releases. It'd be sporadic at times. Now, it seemed to be set, like NFL Madden games, we'd have yearly WWE or wrestling titles come out. Not only... The WWE draft and brand extension caused this SmackDown vs. Raw gaming title. With now two split rosters, instead of creating two split games, of course, they were still under the WWE umbrella, it created a brand rivalry with SmackDown vs. Raw. Now, the 2006 edition, featuring Batista and John Cena on the cover, didn't simply juggle talent around for the easy update. Stamina and momentum now determined how your match played out by draining your fighter and building him up. And instead of every combatant getting variants of the same attacks, each was designed or assigned four out of seven attacks, forcing a change of tactics for every card. Voice work, long a weak spot you would say, finally hit home with real trash talk and real angles from real superstars. Buried alive matches, stealing taunts, playing possum for a sneak attack, and a manager mode were small but welcome touches. Trumping those, SVR 6 or 06 synced to its PSP port so you could take your career on the road. 
then continue it at home without interruption. By contrast, SVR 07's one, the interesting twist was removing grapple functions from a face button and mapping it to the right analog stick. It also returned the franchise to a Microsoft console, debuting on the Xbox 360 just a few, a few short months before Def Jam Icon showed up to heat up the competition once again. Left out in the cold since 2001's license shift, EA and AKI put their WCW Mayhem game engine to use building a fighting game franchise based on Def Jam Records' stable of rap and hip-hop artists. The first, 2003's Vendetta, did well. The second, Fight for New York, won Best Fighting Game Honors at E3 2004. While it could only be loosely called a wrestling game, Def Jam filled a niche that the WWE left wide open by concentrating on the PS2, while the Xbox 360 enjoyed a year-long head start in the 7th generation console war. Even Ukes hedged its bets in 2006 with Rumble Roses 20, a sequel to their PS2-exclusive female wrestling game co-developed with Konami. The WWE wouldn't put a game on, the, on a next-gen console until the close of 2007. When they did, SmackDown vs. Raw 2008 face-planted right into the canvas, so to speak, as the ninth installment in the franchise could boast the best graphics and new fighting styles. It featured a career mode that forced players to maintain a balance between popularity and injury by not overusing their superstar. Since there wasn't much else to do, the career mode tended to lag. Even the always dependable roster fell short, highlighting many, many out-of-date choices. Everything else was unchanged from 07 and unremarkable. The one saving grace was that TNA Impact, the first game from Total Nonstop Action Wrestling, was created, but it did not do any better though. Midway's long-sought license brought back old WCW favorites Booker T, Kurt Angle from the WWE, Kevin Ash, and Sting and showcased TNA's signature Ultimate X matches, but shallow gameplay quickly sunk the nostalgia of the franchise, and it's yet to return. TNA, of course, as we know, tried to compete with the WWE as it's really the number two organization in the U.S., slowly declining with the entrance of lucha underground and the presence the u.s presence of new japan pro wrestling but the title did have graphical bonuses the looks of booker t kurt angle and christian were undeniably overpowering the graphics of wb's franchise but that was only for you could say screenshot sake or uh, a capture of the on-screen gameplay smackdown versus raw 2009 the Road to WrestleMania mode debuted in this franchise, replacing the popular general manager mode from previous games. It was then featured in every new game in the series, as well as WWE 12, before it was removed for WWE 13. This mode allowed the player to play through personalized storylines for John Cena, Triple H, The Undertaker, Chris Jericho, CM Punk, and a tag team storyline for Batista and Rey Mysterio. Tag teams were a major focus in this game with a reworked tag match system and a cooperative season mode. The cover featured the revamped D-Generation X tandem of Shawn Michaels and Triple H. The game introduced a few key new features including the Inferno match, a revamped tag team match, and four new game modes which were create a finisher, road to WrestleMania, career and multiplayer seasons, all combined to create these new avenues for gamers. Several matches absent in previous games also returned to the series. The backstage brawl, where players can battle in either the locker room or the backstage gorilla position, with a variety of weapons at their disposal, returned and replaced the parking lot brawl, which featured in the last game. WWE Legends of WrestleMania was released and featured the legends who have appeared at WrestleMania in the 1980s and 1990s on World Wrestling Federation television. Developed by Ukes and published by THQ, it was released in March of 2009 to coincide with WrestleMania 25. 
The WWE logo featured in the game was a slight modification of the pre-1990 WWF logo. The game featured a new grapple-based combo fighting system. To differentiate itself from the SmackDown vs. Raw series, Legends of WrestleMania focused more on an arcade-style gameplay similar to WWF WrestleFest with only the D-pad or left analog stick and the four face buttons needed on the gamepad. Managers played a significant part of the game as well and heavily with interference on behalf of their clients. The game also includes a feature to import characters from the SmackDown vs. Raw 2009 title, therefore producing arguably the biggest roster ever, combining a full Legends roster with the current day roster in the WWE. I love this feature and I thought going forward this was going to be implemented for future games. Rated T for Teen. Morning. Who's this? Morning, Josh. I made your favorite. Oh, I created him for a match today against John Cena. Stop creating superstars, Josh. It's Josh Nader. No, that's Josh Nader. Stop. That's Masher. <sighs> and that's Union Jackknife. They all go now. But we've got matches with Kelly Kelly and Kofi. Excuse me, a little help with my back? Nice. They all go now. Fine. No match today, Cena. Come on! Create your superstar. Design your moves. Tell your story and share it with the world. WWE SmackDown vs. Raw 2010. It's your world now. Honey! Close the door lock! Who's that? Nobody. SmackDown vs. Raw 2010 shortly came after the last game to feature ECW in its title, boosted the customization side, such as story designer, the customization of attire colors in a mode called Superstar Threads, which I love, and now Miss, but I'll get to that in, a, in another edition. It also involved a revamped Create a Superstar mode and a paint tool for creating logos to use on their created characters. This was now the staple for WWE Gaming going forward. This game became the first of the series to be available as an iPhone app. New additions to the game was the WWE Rivals feature and the THQ training facility. There were several new match stipulations. One of these is the championship scramble match, which was introduced at WWE's Unforgiven 2008 event, and the mixed tag team match were involved as well. The DS version also includes the first time an ambulance match was involved in a game. The Royal Rumble was revamped with eliminations by now using the ring ropes and the turnbuckles via minigames. It made it even more realistic. The Road to WrestleMania mode returned with six new stories based on various WWE superstars. Unlike the previous year, it featured a diva-based story involving Mickey James and a story specifically for one of the players that you would create your creative superstars. This year's cooperative storyline in 2010, titled Brand Warfare, was based around Triple H and John Cena. The other three stories involved Edge, Shawn Michaels, and Randy Orton, respectively. The Road to WrestleMania mode included storylines story that branched out through interactive cutscenes, which would soon move on to the Universe mode in future titles. Then, SmackDown vs. Raw 2011 was released, and it was the final installation of the SmackDown vs. Raw series. One of the main changes in the game is the incorporation of a new physics system that allowed objects to be used more realistically, especially in the TLC match. The Hell in a Cell match was revamped with expanded cell walls, weapons underneath the ring were included, steel steps near the poles, and the removal of the cell door. Also, there were new ways to exit the cell, which were introduced, such as barreling through the cage wall. John Cena featured prominently on the cover along with The Big Show and Miz. But by far, the most popular new mode added was the WWE Universe mode as it builds storylines. It also integrated cutscenes and rivalries between superstars based on the matches that were wrestled. This was huge 
as a lot of gamers, at times, when they were done with the Road to WrestleMania modes or the specific Superstar modes, and they created their Superstars, I myself did this. I created my own league in which I would track the Superstars and the matches via the Exhibition mode, and before titles were be able to trans be transferred from Superstar to Superstar, I would do it in my head. I actually had a scrapbook, and I still have them. It's in a spiral-bound book in which I would keep track of the matches and who was champion, and I compete via the exhibition mode. So in a sense, I created my own universe mode using the exhibition mode in games. And when I heard of the universe mode being released, this was that concept. Now being able to be tracked in the actual game itself. This was huge, especially for like players like myself. The Road to WrestleMania mode has been modified as well in the series to include new features such as backstage roaming, mini-quests, and further interaction with other superstars. Playable storylines involve Rey Mysterio, John Cena, Christian, and Chris Jericho. A new feature called Match Creator allowed players to create new match types as well. At the same time as SmackDown vs. Raw 2011 was announced, so was the WWE All-Stars game at E3 in June of 2010 by THQ. WWE All-Stars was the first WWE game to be produced by THQ San Diego. Many of the team's employees had worked at Midway San Diego, the studio that, that developed the first TNA Impact game. Oh yeah! You young punks today got nothing on the macho man Randy Savage and my generation, yeah, and all the legends, yeah, because I'm telling you, that's complete mental insanity, yeah. Let the WWE All-Star Video Game begin, yeah. The best of the best, and to hell with the rest, yeah. Pick the Macho Man Randy Savage if you will, yeah. And I guarantee you will be victorious forever and a day, yeah, you will. Because I am the world's greatest wrestling superstar legend of all time, of all time, of all time, oh yeah. Catch me if you can, WWE All-Star Video Game, because you ain't seen nothing yet. Because I am the tower of power, too sweet to be sour, funky like a monkey. Space is the place, and sky's the limit, yeah, that's the deal. The greatest matchups of all time haven't happened yet, no they haven't, until now. And it's up to the WWE Universe to take control of a volatile situation. And you guys decide who's the baddest generation of all time, yeah! Two generations, one ring, yeah. Hit up the WWEAllStars.com right now. You take control. Everybody say, oh, yeah! It is the second WWE game produced by video game designer Sal DeVita, the first being WWF WrestleMania, the arcade game. The similarities between the two were pretty strong. In contrast to the simulation-based WWE SmackDown vs. Raw series, WWE All-Stars featured an arcade-style gameplay, along with over-the-top animation and wrestlers bearing a more exaggerated look. The game is a combination of a fighting game and a wrestling game. And it combos playing a major factor in gameplay as well, both on the ground and mid-air. Path of Champions mode featured players choosing a WWE legend or superstar to either become the WWE champion, Randy Orton's path, the World Heavyweight Champion, The Undertaker's path, or the WWE Tag Team Champions, D-Generation X's path. The superstars were over-exaggerated and muscle-bound, but it fit the cartoon arcade-esque style. The gameplay was excellent because it was simple, it was arcade-like, and it gave a great contrast to the simulation-based SVR series. We were hoping that this would continue on as a yearly or bi-yearly title, as it just gave gamers another title to keep them warm before the next SmackDown vs. Raw series would be released. But that, as of the state, that was the only All-Stars game, but it also featured legends taking on current superstars. And, as well, in the story modes, you can actually watch the fantasy matchup promos between each superstar. It was entertaining. Like I mentioned earlier, 
2011 was the final installment of the SmackDown vs. Raw series as it was made official that since the brand extension was officially over with both rosters now appearing on both Raw and SmackDown without much segregation, they created the new title WWE 12. It was the first game in the WWE series and the 14th overall in the combined series. Randy Orton graced the cover with the advertised slogan being Bigger, Badder, Better, which was the slogan for WrestleMania 3. THQ promoted a new animation system dubbed Predator Technology, making the superstars in the game look more realistic. In addition to allowing players to interrupt moves, attack animations such as John Cena's five-knuckle shuffle and the people's elbow no longer warp players to the center of the ring. More realistic ring rope physics also were added, with the ropes moving as characters are slammed to the mat. It made it look even more realistic. So you think you got what it takes to get in the ring with Brock Lesnar? I am the only athlete to be an NCAA heavyweight champion, undisputed WWE champion, and MMA world heavyweight champion. I welcome the challenge. My character is one badass motherfucker. And all I can say is, look out. Ground and pound, shooting star press, F5, take your pick. That's who I am and that's who I'll always be. I'm one bad dude. The next big thing is back. Here comes the pain. Only in WWE 12, in stores this Tuesday. Due to being replaced by the Attitude Era mode, WWE 12 is the final game to feature the Road to WrestleMania, which featured the returning actual WWE superstar voices. Instead of choosing one of a number of different stories lasting three months each, the mode in WWE 12 consisted of a single storyline taking place over 18 months of WWE programming and encompassing two WrestleMania events. This led to WWE 13. It was the final WWE game to be published by THQ before the company's demise in January of 2013. Welcome to the revolution. Do you know why I am the leader? Because I'm the best in the world. I put attitude back where it belongs. So join me. Live the revolution. The game focused on the Attitude Era of WWE, replacing its Road to WrestleMania mode with an Attitude Era mode where the player plays through the Attitude Era in six different storylines. This was revolutionary as it went back in time in video game form. The game also featured the Predator Technology 2.0 engine, which added really a new audio system called WWE Live. Returning to the series was the Creative Suite, where players had the ability to create their own superstar or divas. Created arenas changed from customizing a ring and its surroundings, but the ability to change the entire stadium now, including the Titantron and show logo, were added. CM Punk graced the cover with the elusive Universe Mode 2.0 with the assistance from Paul Heyman adding insight to storylines. It made it even better. In January of 2013, THQ filed for bankruptcy and began to dissolve, thus ending their 13-year partnership with WWE. As of February 2013, Take-Two Interactive, which owns the 2K Sports brand, bought the rights to all future WWE games, leading to another name change in title. Now the series would be known as WWE 2K. This led to WWE 2K14. Developed by Ukes and Visual Concepts, it was the first game published by 2K Sports 
since the license was acquired. The main selling point to the title was the new single-player campaign called the 30 Years of WrestleMania Mode, a nostalgia-based gameplay mode that recreates nearly three decades of WWE history, including more than 45 matches, classic WWE footage, and many legendary characters. This was to replace the previous year's Attitude Era mode. Ah! Not even! The Grim Reaper himself! Starving to get his hands on my warrior soul! Can't keep me from hearing the battle cries of the warriors in the WWE Universe to experience WWE 2K14! Ah, pay attention. Never before have so many superstars stepped up to challenge our throne. And if you pre-order WWE 2K14, you get to engage the battle as the ultimate warrior. That power, this intensity, your belief, our destiny, all of it together created the one and only ultimate warrior. All of us the freaks who did in our time what will live forever. <laughs> Hold this, boss. Pre-order WWE 2K14 today and battle as the one and only ultimate warrior. Become immortal. WWE 2K14. Pre-order now. Like WWE Legends of WrestleMania and WWE 13, the campaign revolved around historical stories rather than original ones. Another popular addition was the streak mode, where you can either defend or beat the Undertaker's infamous streak. The WWE Universe mode was overhauled to a degree with increased customization. Players now had the option to customize existing WWE shows, bring back retired series or create their own original shows and choose the superstars participating and the titles available. There was also the NWO DLC included. And that would bring us to this year's edition, WWE 2K15, the first WWE game to be released on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, the next-gen consoles. The cover featured John Cena, and is also the first to use the new WWE logo from the WWE Network. The first time they had an actual cover photo shoot was for this very game. The big feature this year is the historical mode, which focused on past WWE rivalries. Called WWE or 2K Showcase, the story mode will be similar, or what now is similar, to WWE2K14's 30 Years of WrestleMania mode that it focused on historical events, but will be more like the Attitude Era mode, where it focused on specifics rather than generalities of the actual rivalry. The game will also have a My Career mode, similar to NBA 2K14, where players are set to take on the role of a superstar or diva made in the creative suite and follow the evolution of their WWE career where you would actually go through the Performance Center now with Bill DeMott, train with other creative wrestlers, which I found out are actual creative wrestlers from real people. And believe it or not, I was training with the character J.J. Sexay, Jeff Jackson from the SNS Radio Network. I'll get into more specifics when I actually review the game. But this creates an actual realistic side of being a superstar and growing through the Performance Center, the WWE system to NXT, hopefully to SmackDown Raw, to WrestleMania, and hopefully becoming WWE World Heavyweight Champion. This is really the groundbreaking game for the next level, the next gen of sports entertainment games. In a sense, it was a positive, but yet a letdown in certain aspects as a lot of key features were eliminated. And you could say this was mainly due to the redesigning and regeneration of a brand new game on a new con- on a new console. But I'll get into more in my review at another edition, as I, as I keep saying. But this is a new marker as we're on the cusp of another generation, another milestone in sports entertainment gaming. So we started off 
with the launch of a new era through the Attitude Era, through THQ and WDF's acquiring of the THQ combined license to produce gaming with No Mercy, WrestleMania 2000, and so forth, into the SmackDown vs. Raw series, which carried through for over half a decade, to now the next stage of the series, with 2K Sports being involved in the creation of the game. And we see the work they've done with the NBA series, the NBA 2K series. Phenomenal, the most realistic game, sports game out there and this is what will be the future for wrestling gaming professional wrestling games have been around almost as long as gaming itself and it's come a long way from the blocky nes days the genre like the wwe reinvents itself with regularity it injects new ideas this is done to keep itself fresh and exciting designed to swerve just when fans think they know what's next just like game development. They follow Roddy Piper's motto. Just when you know the answers, they change the questions. And I am so excited for the next generation of professional wrestling video gaming. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. And I want to take a moment to let you guys know that personally, I appreciate the support that we've had here on the SNS Radio Network over the years. And I'm here to tell you about a new way that you can help us out and show your support for the SNS Radio Network. We now have a way for you to donate to the SNS Radio Network. If you go to the snsradionetwork.com main page, scroll down. There is now a donate button on the page. Now, I'm not saying you have to donate to us. Your donation is very appreciated as we do a lot of hard work on the SNS Radio Network. Spend a lot of our time and our own money to make sure that you guys have uh, entertaining podcasts and live shows on the SNS Radio Network. So to those who have donated so far, on behalf of the SNS Radio Network, we appreciate you and your continued support. And for those that will donate in the future, again, we thank you for your support of the SNS Radio Network, www.snsradionetwork.com, providing you with free podcasts since 2010. This October, El Rey Network presents a new vision of an age-old contest measured by courage decided by combat Lucha Underground premieres October 29th only on the new El Rey Network Old school fans, the battle lines have been drawn. Beyond the Bell presents the Monday Night War. The rivalry between WWF Monday Night Raw and WCW Monday Nitro. This five-part series takes you through the history of the Monday Night War from the inaugural battle to the historic simulcast. This edition covers it all. Relive the greatest moments and superstars of the war. So buckle up and prepare for war on Beyond the Bell as we present the Monday Night War. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and BTBcast.com. Every week was a battle. Yo, this is Rowdy Roddy Piper on the SNS Network. Baby, you should listen to it just to hear what I got to say. Well, fans, that will do it for part two of our two-part series covering the history of professional wrestling video gaming. I flapped my gums long enough covering the history of gaming and sports entertainment, and I truly mean it when I believe we're on the cusp of a new generation of professional wrestling gaming on new-gen consoles with 2K leading the charge. I think we're going to see unprecedented heights 
for sports entertainment video gaming. Thank you, fans, for joining us for this two-part series. I'm so excited to continue on for the end of 2014 into a brand new year of 2015 with great content moving forward. Next week, get ready, Extreme Championship Wrestling fans, as we recap the dying days of ECW with ECW 101, the year 2000. In Extreme Championship Wrestling's history, the downfall of Paul Heyman's promotion. What led to this downfall and what would be the outcome of the end of the third biggest promotion in the world. We cover the downfall and the fallout from the end of ECW on next week's Beyond the Bell. Also coming up this month, the history of Starcade. Reliving the history of the granddaddy of them all from the NWA and WCW. And to wrap it all up this year. In possibly a two-part series, we cover the best promos of 2014. Fans, I am so excited for this month's Beyond the Bell content as we springboard into 2015. And over the next couple of weeks, we'll be releasing the content for January 2015 on Beyond the Bell. The Monday Night War series, Superstar Spotlights, The Stone Cold Chronicles, and so much more coming up in 2015 in January of this brand new year. Fans, don't forget to catch Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. Catch This Date in Wrestling History, hosted by myself, Sean Beckerman, on SNS Unplugged every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern at SNSRadioNetwork.com. Stream live also on Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. You can purchase official merchandise at Zazzle.com forward slash SNS Radio Network or go directly to SNSRadioNetwork.com and go to the shop section and purchase all SNS Network gear. All profits go directly to the network. Connect socially to Beyond the Bell at BTBCast at Sean Beckerman on Twitter. Also on Facebook, BTBCast is our search name. Thank you, fans, so much for 2014. What a great year. I know we had some dips, some period of weeks where we were absent. I apologize. I hope to make that up for you, especially during WrestleMania season, as in just a few weeks, I'll be releasing the WrestleMania content for this year. And what I have lined up, it's going to be great. I have not forgotten about our 2014 class of the WWE Hall of Fame Part 3, where we discuss Paul Bear and Scott Hall. That will be coming up over the next few weeks. That may be a special bonus edition of BTV as I owe it to you fans. I have it ready to go. I'm finishing a couple of touches on the recording side of some pieces. Adding a couple of things. And it will be coming out in the coming weeks. I have not forgotten I owe you that third part. Well, that's enough of me blabbering. I can barely speak now as it is. But I wanted to get this edition out to you fans. Thank you so much for joining me as we grow here on Beyond the Bell, covering all things nostalgia in the world of professional wrestling. It's time to take it home with some old school music. Tonight's song is a special one as it's a hybrid of old school with nude school. In spirit of the 8 and 16-bit era WWE or WWF wrestling themes, I found a great site if you go to WWE. 8-bit themes on YouTube, you can listen to some great work done by YouTubers in which they remaster and produce current day themes in 8 or 16-bit format as they would sound on the WWF WrestleMania game days. So in spirit of the modern day Hulk Hogan himself, we're going to take it home with John Cena's 8-bit version here on Beyond the Bell. So until next week fans, when we rewind and relive all things retro in wrestling, this is your personal 8-bit ring announcer, Sean Beckerman, signing off. Until next week, when we go extreme with ECW 101, remember, stay old school, my friends. <laughs> <laughs>